You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is September 11th, 2021, a solemn day in American history, and my uh, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by those events many years ago. Uh, But this podcast is about soccer, and last night, September the 10th, Atlanta United defeated Orlando 3-0 at Mercedes-Benz Stadiums with goals from George Campbell, a Daryl D.K. own goal, caused from an Ezekiel Barco free kick, and then Barco followed with a goal in the 72nd minute. It was as dominant a performance as we've seen from Atlanta United since I really can't remember. Maybe that stretch in August under Frank DeBoer, when the team won like four or five consecutive games uh, to get itself back into the playoff race. But even then, this felt a lot more to me like we were watching Atlanta United in 2017, that free-flowing attacking soccer, than maybe at any point, even in in 2018, uh, when the team won the MLS Cup. They absolutely dominated Orlando, uh, statistically, visually, emotionally. uh, Orlando really offered nothing. Uh, The stats... Just to go into that picture for a minute, Atlanta United with 18 shots, 5 on goal, to Orlando's 8 and 2. Atlanta United uh, had a 55.2% of the possession. It won 53.3% of the duels. Atlanta United created 15 chances to Orlando's 6. And most importantly, Atlanta United did this without arguably its best player, Joseph Martinez, on the pitch. Instead, Pineda went with a false nine, though he said it was kind of like two false nines. So it's either a false 18, a false 81, or a false four and a half, uh, depending upon how you want to do the math. Uh, Consisting of Luis uh, Araujo, who had another fantastic performance, and Ezequiel Barco, who also had another fantastic performance, Marcelino Moreno. Kind of pulled the strings between them. And Mateus Ozetu, in his best game as an Atlanta United player, kind of helped control the midfield. Uh, along um, with with the three center backs of George Campbell, again, scored his first professional goal, and it was on, on his mom's birthday, so that's pretty cool. Alan Franco, who had a solid performance, and Anton Walks, who does what he does, kind of quietly did his job. 
and helping the team post its sixth shutout this season. So now Atlanta United temporarily is in a tie on points with D.C. United with 30 for the seventh spot in the East, but D.C. United has the tiebreakers, and it has a game tonight against Red Bulls. Atlanta United moved ahead of Columbus, which has 27 points, but Columbus also plays today as as part of a glut of games uh, in Major League Soccer as it comes back from the international break. They play Miami, which is a, another important game uh, for Atlanta United because Miami isn't out of the race. They trail Atlanta United by four points, uh, and they have two games in hand. In the race for the playoffs, uh, Atlanta United will next play uh, Cincinnati on Wednesday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll see if how many people come to that game. There were 42,507, which is really weird because it's within five of each of the past two home games for announced attendance. So make of that what you will. Now let's get into your questions here. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and on Instagram at Douglas David Robertson. I'm going to take a quick sip of my coffee because y'all seem to enjoy that, and I enjoy my coffee. There you go. A good cup of joe. All right. So we're going to start with friend of the podcast, Ben. He has several questions, so the next four or five will all be from Ben. Was this Rosetto's best game in a United shirt? A low bar to be sure, but for me, this was better than the Columbus game uh, where he was just bang average, if we're being honest. In this game, he actually played some forward passes and didn't give away possession. Thoughts? Yes, this was Huzetu's best game. He said he thought it was his best game. Um, he only missed one pass. He completed 20 passes in Orlando's half, which is good for him. Uh, didn't have any key passes, so that's still the area that he's got to improve upon, uh, or chances created is the other way to look at that. Uh, that means he's contributing something toward a, a shot-creating action, so to speak. Um, but he's getting there. He should start again on Wednesday because of Atlanta United being thin at the midfield. Abara still coming back from an injury. Sadich is still injured. Heinemann's out for the season. Sosa picked up another yellow card. So he's going to be gone uh, on Wednesday. So Huzetu should start again unless you know his unfortunate uh, habit of, of getting injuries, not a habit, but you know what I mean, trend of getting injuries continues. Uh, but I thought he was fantastic last night. Um, he said that having another Brazilian on the team has kind of helped him a little bit. It's got to be nice to be able to speak your own language to someone uh, on the field and in training and, and just kind of, you know, as friends. It's got to be relaxing. Um, so I'm happy for him. Uh, now going on to that Brazilian Luis Araujo, Ben says, I've seen fans on Reddit and elsewhere nickname him Hollywood. Personally, I wouldn't consider adopting this until he scores or even assists. It's a bit premature for a nickname, in my opinion, but I can see where Hollywood comes from considering his obvious class and flair. Your thoughts? Yeah, he's a, he's a different breed, man. His ability with the ball is, is really, really fun to watch. The next time we speak to him, I want to ask him how much futsal he played growing up because he has that ability with the ball and close quarters surrounded by players to just make them look bad. He did it last night. Somebody kept trying to tackle him, and he kept going backward and just went right between his legs and went on down the field. He does that at least once a game. Um, 
just a, another really, really good performance from him. He, uh, how many shots did he end up with? He ended up with three shots. Says he didn't put any on target, but one slammed off the post. Uh, he created three chances, completed 85.7% of his passes. And here's perhaps the most telling stat and one of the reasons that Atlanta United likes him so much. He led the team in tackles. That is, that's fantastic for a guy who is playing as a false nine. He doesn't mind, he doesn't mind putting the work in. Um, next question. And this, <laughs> this is going to be interesting. As a father, and I have, I'm a father of, of six, uh, including four stepchildren. Doug, how do you feel about the very clear F words in the TV broadcast? I am not a father, so I just want your honest take here. Our fans sure love the chant, but I can see turning off casual fans tuning into their TVs. Yeah, I hate it. I think it's stupid. Um, you know, I've written a long blog about this and gotten criticized by supporters around MLS. When what's funny about it is the blog was me telling supporters around the league who use that chant and that word that I think you're smarter than that, that I think you're more clever and can come up with something better. And then basically saying, no, we're not. It, it's really kind of silly. Um, I mean, if you have the passion for the team, if you have the passion for the sport, you can come up with something better than that chant. It's really that simple. It's I, I liken it to, would you stand up in the middle of a restaurant and start doing that chant about the food or about the chef? Would you do it in the middle of a shopping mall over and over again? No, you wouldn't. So why do it at a sporting event? There's not some special license to just act like a, a goober uh, or act immaturely. Um, but, you know, if you want to do it, you do it. But I think it makes you look goofy. Um, speaking of that chant, did I see Darren Ill's tweet after the game? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, did it strike you as humor, humorous or cheeky, harmless fun? I could see how some fans may eat it up, but honestly, I thought it reeked of immaturity and classlessness, if I'm being harsh. Anything to add here? I saw it. I don't really have anything to add. Uh, you know, I think I would much prefer having a, a front office person engage with the fans and engage on social media than not, even if sometimes it does come across as a little odd or, or goofy. But Darren is a good guy. He's a smart guy. Um, he knows what he's doing. He's not going to do anything to hurt the brand. That's, you know, his number one focus as club president. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, I wouldn't worry about it too much. Um, and that's from Ben. So let's go on to Nick, another longtime friend of the podcast. Nick doesn't really have a – well, he does have – he has one question. He usually asks a lot of questions. Um, this was a real fun game. My question is how sustainable is this performance? Fantastic question. Let me take a sip of coffee. And it depends a lot, Nick. I don't think you're going to see this formation again this season unless Joseph is hurt. So you have to kind of throw that out because Joseph is the team's best player, one of the better players in MLS. If he comes back, you don't do a false nine. He's a striker. You play him as a striker. Um, but with the talent that Atlanta United has going forward, and Pineda's tactical acumen and the belief that the players seem to have in him that he and they, I think you're going to see a lot more types of these performances, maybe not the same results, but the same type of dynamic performances going forward. 
Atlanta United has already shown now in two different formations, it can play some attacking soccer. So now it becomes that much harder for the opponent to figure out, well, what are they going to do? What are they going to play? And so it's difficult to make in-game adjustments. So then they have to do it at halftime. And by then, Atlanta United could already have a lead or Atlanta United could change things up because Pineda says he likes to have moves and counter moves. So it's going to be fun to watch what happens in this game against Cincinnati, which has just a horrible defense. Um, but Cincinnati has played Atlanta United tough in past games, so we'll see what happens. Adam, another longtime friend of the podcast. Well done, lads, and Coach Pineda. I love the team's energy tonight. They looked like they were having fun, and they looked like a team that believed in itself. I agree with both those points. I particularly appreciate the way multiple players urged the crowd to keep the energy high because it worked. Yes. The victory lap at the end of the whole team was also really special. That was I haven't seen them do that in a while, so that was nice. I think that might be another Pineda thing. It may not be a formal stat, but it seemed Atlanta had a lot more breakaways tonight where they had someone receiving the ball while even with the defensive line. Bello alone had five such runs by my count. Was this indicative of a general design or maybe just key to tonight's strategy? Now, that is something that Pineda wants the team to do. He, he wants, when I spoke just a few minutes ago about moves and counter moves, he wants if Bello makes a run at the defense, Barco drops back. If Barco makes a run without the ball, Bello drops back. He wants the defense to hesitate, and then the guy with the ball can make the choice. Do I play it over the top? Do I play it to the, to the shorter pass? Um, but he wants the defense to have to think and to have to move. And that's something that Frank DeBoer had trouble getting the players to do, something Gonzalo, or, um, um, Gabriel Heinze had a huge issue trying to do. I don't even know if they had tactics to do it. So I, I can't. I've lost track of how many times I would tweet. Nobody's moving. It's very hard. It's very easy to mark players who aren't moving. Pineda is the opposite. He wants movement. He wants Atlanta United's players to make defenders make decisions. And when they do that, eventually they're going to get the decision wrong. Then it's up to you to take advantage. So yes, you're right. That was part of the uh, the tactics. <laughs> good, good eye, Adam. His second question. Sosa did much better tonight tracking his marks, I feel. How much of that was due to rest versus Pineda's tactics versus Rosetto's improvement? Some of that is because they scrapped this man-marking junk that Heinze did and went zonal. So I think it's easier for Sosa to figure out who's in his zone and know who to mark than trying to find the man he's supposed to mark while also paying attention to the ball. Um, so that's another good eye by Adam. It's just another reason that man-marking is just kind of silly, uh, except maybe on set pieces. Fong, another longtime friend of the podcast. I only watched the second half, but this seemed like the most that we've attacked in a long time was this tactics. <laughs> Barco and Araujo resting and linking up, or just Orlando being fatigued. I don't think Orlando was fatigued. I think it was a combination of Atlanta United really taking advantage of the past two weeks, really doing what Pineda wants them to do in him ensuring that they do what he wants them to do. And Orlando just not really having an answer. They, they got outcoached and outplayed. And they're a good team. Pineda said that after the match. Orlando is a very good team, which what makes those three points, one, very special. Oh, I forgot to mention, in his second game, this was Pineda's first win. So congratulations to Pineda. Sean, 
another long time for another podcast. I need to get y'all badges or stickers or something. A way different game than before. I love this team no matter what. Fight till the end. Okay, Sean didn't ask a question. It was a statement, so thank you for that, Sean. Joshua, another long-time friend. Great game tonight. Felt like old times. My sweet daughter (laughs) said my yelling at the referee was mean and I should use positive, uplifting words. Well, good for your daughter. That that is a really good point. And uh, if you feel like telling us uh, how old your daughter is and how old her name or what her name is, we'll give her a shout out. my question is, was it just me, or did this referee miss some or some opportunities to card Orlando, but was aggressive about carding our guys, or should I just enjoy the 3-0 win? Just enjoy the 3-0 win. I do think that some of the calls were a little odd in favor of Orlando and against Atlanta United, or not for Atlanta United, but you won 3-0. Take the win. Get out. Don't sweat it. It all evens out in the end. Noah. I'll ask again after today, is Atlanta United back? Uh, Let's check the next couple of games before we say that. We've seen good one-off performances at D.C. last year, for example, followed by just total clunkers. Um, But they certainly did look fantastic last night. One could say we won with our B team. Uh, This is good, right? I don't know if I would say it was a B team. Um, Even without... Joseph, you've still got a lot of high-priced players on offense. And even without Miles, you've still got a pretty solid defense. Uh, I think it was Sam that asked this question last night of George. Does Atlanta United have the best group of center backs in Major League Soccer? And it's really hard to argue against that. Uh, Miles is the best defender in Major League Soccer. I think he's a much better defender than Walker Zimmerman. But Zimmerman is better going forward. Uh, Robinson should have won Defender of the Year two years ago. Instead, Icopara got it mostly because he scored a few goals and then really hasn't played much past that. Um, I keep saying I'll be stunned if Miles is still with the team next year. Frankly, I'll be stunned if Campbell is still with the team. I've said, I tweeted three weeks ago following in Jason Longshore's footsteps that I think Campbell has immense potential. I think he's already better at 20 than Miles Robinson was. He's fan, he's really, really good for a center back on the ball. Now he just needs that tactical awareness, which comes with experience, and he'll get that. It's just a matter of he's got to be able to play, and it's hard because you've also got Alan Franco. You've got, also got Anton Walks, and it's hard to break up that partnership, and it's, you've also got Miles. It's hard to take him out, so it's hard to get Campbell in, um, but it's Pineda's problem to solve, and we will see. Let's see if we have any more questions. Um, I do want to share this from Tim English. Uh, he sent it to me on Friday at eight o'clock. Um, hello, Doug. I look for your writing on Atlanta United every time I open the paper. I am a digital subscriber and your columns are one of the key reasons I keep my subscription. Show this to management the next time they want to cut back on sports coverage. Um, so thank you for that, Tim. And then he shared something personal that I don't know if I should share, so I'm not going to. Uh, and then he says, my question is, why not make a trade for Julian Gressel if he was so important to Martinez putting the ball at the back of the net? We could spend millions on speculative pairings, and yet we can't cough up the much more modest Gressel salary. Help me understand this. 
Um, yeah, it's a little bit odd. I mean, for what Gressel wanted, they ended up paying Jurgen Dam almost twice that much. They ended up giving Mateus Uzetu almost the same amount. I don't know why they didn't want to keep Gressel unless maybe they thought that he just couldn't keep up his performances. As you can see, he's doing well for D.C. United this year. It was a bit of a struggle last year, but everybody for D.C. struggled last year. Um, so I don't really know, but I don't really see him coming back. I think this question was in regard to part of a story I wrote the other day about primary assist zones and Pineda talking about putting in passes that require just basically a touch for a goal rather than having to contort your body and turn your head and, and all that, which is kind of what Atlanta United was doing a lot of hit and hope crosses. Um, and Tim asks, how about some analysis of the U.S. men's national team? I cut back on that because it didn't seem to be a lot of interest, but if y'all want me to start doing that again, I'm glad to. Um, just let me know. You can reach out to me via email or Twitter if you want more uh, of my takes on the U.S. men's national team. I'm glad to give them. Uh, for right now, I'm just trying to keep them private because there are so many people out there doing that. Um, we're going to check Twitter here real quick to see if anyone sent in any more questions. And if not, we're going to wrap up this podcast. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Uh, please consider subscribing to this podcast. Please tell your friends, share the link. And I don't see any more questions. Again, Atlanta United 3-0 winners against Orlando. The team will play again on Wednesday against Cincinnati at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Hey, please get vaccinated. Please wear a mask. Please tell the people you love that you love them. Please, if you have a significant other, date them. Always act like you're dating. Take them out. Do something special. Have some fun. Um, Y'all take care. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.